Welcome to the Made to Parade podcast, sponsored by the British Drum Company, manufacturers of the Phantom, Regimental Series and Axial Parade Drums that look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. All right, folks, welcome back to the Made to Parade podcast. You are joining us on episode number three of season number four, and we have an absolutely brilliant episode lined up for you, and we'll talk a wee bit more about that later on. Just want to say a word of thanks to everyone who listened in to our last episode with uh, Peter Dempster from the Good Root Star. We got an absolutely brilliant response to that. So thank you to everybody who listened in. I really appreciate the fact that um, so many people are taking the time to listen to the podcast and share it with other people as well. So thank you very much. So on to today's episode, and uh, we have a conversation uh, with a band a wee bit closer to my neck of the woods these days, and that's the, the Clawfarn Young Conquerors. And uh, I'll be back a wee bit later on to share more about what's coming up and also to share about, about a project that I was involved in called March and Metal. But until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode. All right, so welcome to another episode of the, the Made to Pray podcast. I am joined by the bond captain of the Clawfarn Young Conquerors, Billy. Billy, you're very welcome with us on the episode today, mate. Great to have you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. No worries, man. Good to have you. So maybe what we'll do is we'll just start like we always do in terms of the podcast and just ask you, how on earth did you get involved with bonds? What kind of sparked your interests? Um, I think I moved to Clawfarn in about 1986 and I had an absolute handful of bonds to, to pick from. From uh, uh, Clock Fern to White Abbey, CCA, Monkstown, White Whale, Crown of Fainers, all bonds, and the majority of them are dead at the minute, or gone now. And um, I remember just as a kid, seeing these uh, tartan uniforms, grey and black tartan coming down the hill. And I think the tune at the time that they were playing was either it was either Liverpool, and then after that they played a tune called Scarborough Forever, which is still played today. And it catch my imagination, uh, the smells, the sounds, the fun, the pomp and ceremony. As it's like as a child, and why I wanted to be part of it. So there was no history of bonds in terms of your family or anything like that. Um, no, and um, not, not. my father was in uh, Bally Creaky, uh, Sons of Ulster. But me, I don't know if that was called back. It was a Bally Creaky bond back then, and he didn't have any musical talent. He played like the cymbals or you know, something you could just jump on for twelve. Probably you know, maybe a twelve foot delay bond. Anything, but um, no, I, I no, uh, we had no musical history or instrumental instrumental history or whatever. You know, our previous bonds, it was just, just me and my own. And then talk me through then what that was like going down to a bond practice, or even how did you even get to a bond practice, you know, because you see a bond in the street, because this really echoes what I was talking about in my in the book, Made the Parade, is, you know, I seen the raven on the street, and then it was a chance encounter with a friend of mine who said that he had joined a bond that was like, okay, I'm going to go. So how did that all come about? How did you go from seeing them on the street to getting to go to a practice? Uh, well... My my mother would never let me join a bond. She wouldn't, especially the bond that that I'm in pre- pre- present. And uh, one day, I just says, you know what? I'm being a bad enough. So if you man, I can get down here regardless what you say. And we actually had a, a family friend who taught me the flute, Winky Ham, who at that time was the uh, the bond captain. I just not went knocked the door. Says Winky, my man says I when she said no, and I went down. And then when I come back and told her, it was. <laughs> you leave, you know? And uh, so you mentioned that uh, you know, I felt they're teaching the flu. What, what was it like walking into a bond hall for the first time? You know, getting to know people, and then obviously going through the whole process of having to to learn an instrument. What was that like? Um, it's weird. Our, our bond hall was a, a social club, which was a, an ex cinema back in the day in uh, Rathcool called the Alpha, and uh, you know that old fusty, smoky smell of the old bars back then. Yeah. 
and uh, I'm going in and all these old hands sitting there shouting at the TV, shouting at anyone that walked past. And I'm sitting there, I was 13 going, what am I getting into? Uh-huh. But uh, I was uh, made to feel welcome. Uh, the guy who taught me flute, I thought he was a good teacher. You know, I am what I am and the bond itself today because of him. Because I wouldn't be for him, I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and what, what, what made it his approach in terms of teaching your work for you? What was it he did that you kind of connected with? I don't know, like, um, he gave me a flute, and that's what I wanted straight away, doing the hands-on, because I'm a, more of a kinetic learner, and uh, I got the flute, he showed me a scale, took me about a week and a half to get an armature, from an armature, I was going on from scale, scales you go on to your first tune, uh, the Queen, and then Orange Wings, and then on from there, you're 15 tunes when you're in the band, and I had my flute on the back of the school bus, sitting on a toilet everywhere, the bonfire, you name it, it was there. Brilliant. So it just kind of became like an obsession then. It was like something yeah. you just were constantly on. Yeah. So you mentioned there you needed 15 tunes yeah. to walk with a band. So what happened if they called something I'd say to those 15 tunes? You just do whatever your man does. You look at the man in front, you just copy his fingers. <laughs> or just, just blow your cheeks out and pretend you're blowing. <laughs> oh, God. The good old dummy flute job, eh? So, oh, but I think there's, there's something about just even, I think, getting out on the road, you know, and just mm-hmm. you learn so much more on when you get you start walking with the band than you maybe do in terms of, of practice and stuff. And I know I've said that a, a lot of times. I know for me, I would have loved to have had that whole idea of 15 tunes. But whenever I joined the, the Raven, um, it was 120. I think, I think our pace would have been 15 tunes per, per parade, so you've been fine. <laughs> You're maybe only touched 13, 14, like. Uh, no, um, no, well, obviously, we, I, I have to say, like we had this thing called The List, and it was like, it was the best thing in the world. Like whenever I got the last tune, marked off on this list because you couldn't walk with a band until yeah. this list was done like you know and uh, it was every waking moment I was like I need to get this done need to get this done what are some of your maybe you know standout moments in those early days you know obviously I remember learning the flute and stuff like that there maybe talk a wee bit about you know heading towards your first parade what that was what that was like for you and just maybe some general memories around what those early days in the band were like um when I first joined, we were getting rid of an old uniform. Um, going into like a, we were taking a new step. There were a lot of guys that had come back in support of the band that wanted to take the band in different directions. Um, we actually uh, changed the whole our style, uh, our appearance, again our discipline. Um, taking a, a step back from what the band was to not what it is now, but what what they wanted it to be then. And uh, I think. Uh, a great moment was just getting on that first tunic. Uh, it was an all black uniform. But I had the only cap badge we had was the Royal Irish Rangers badge on the Tommy Shanters. And uh, just after I mean, that uniform, it was nearly £400. And I, I just, I'd never paid anything, £400 for anything at that stage of my life. So, um, and, I, and I worked for it and all. I'd done glass collecting, selling uh, football cards, lottery cards. I was torturing every man on their granny for no, a yeah. pound. Like. Uh-huh. And I got down and paid it. I was like paying something off that you worked for. And then getting out to do something that you enjoy doing. It was great. And that's uh, something that, you know, not everybody really knows that kind of fundraising thing that goes on within a bond. Mm-hmm. And even from a young age, you know, I knew that me and my mate Alvin and the bond, you know, we were always trying to do stuff around raising money because you, it was only whenever you got a, but you became a member of a bond that you realised just what it took oh, wow. to run it. It's like a business. It is. It, it mm-hmm. becomes like that, doesn't it? And, you know, and it takes so much, even just to have a location 
paying yeah. for some more uniforms, upkeep of instruments and everything. It's a, it's an ongoing financial yeah. strain, you know, and, and bonds do so much to try and keep themselves on the road and so on. You know, it's, it's again, not everybody knows that they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously yours were, are changing uniform. What prompted the change in style then? Was there something that you are aware of that changed at that point for you? Or? Uh, just like um, back then... Uh, it was a lot of, it looked, it looked brilliant, but the cheering, the shouting, the singing, it kind of stopped and it kind of gets serious, and you know, there was more, there was a, a lot of effort putting into learning tunes, getting things right, instead of just whacking it out there, there was attention to detail, which for us was, like, people were astonished, this is when I was only 13 at the time, and I, I, I this was like, they were kind of learning life skills and all at the same time as well, I was like, why are your arms not shoulder high, they should be shoulder high, and why are you not paying the full value of that note, and don't be, don't be putting this note in between up here, the way it's written and all, and that helped me on, in latter life, you know, as a bond captain and teaching people music as well. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing just how whenever bonds do decide to make that shift from, I suppose for me, whenever I think of Claw Farn initially, the first time I would have come across them, I would have classed them as a classic kind of blood and thunder bond. They were mm. kind of that, it was rough and ready. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was almost like what blood and thunder was created for was let's get people, let's get feet in the street, yeah. let's make a noise and let's be as loud as we can. And then, noise, oh. Yeah, and then... Obviously, you've you've progressed um, a, a lot further in terms of that. In terms, what was what was your first parade then? What was the first time you were out with the bond? Um, it was a it was a, a small short memorial walk from literally it was about a hundred meters, and it was to commemorate two men who'd been uh, killed previously. And that was the first ever time I'd ever walked. And again, it felt it felt like a twelve for me, just going from one end of the street to the other. It was, I remember it was freezing. It was a February night, and um, that was the last uh, parade we'd done in the old. Uh, like we co- or like tunic style, and um, then after that we went into school trousers, polo top, and transitioned to our full black. Uh, I think we we're like old Royal Irish officer tunics, but they were, they were best uniform I've ever seen still to this day. And uh, I think after that, parades. Well, I, I couldn't even name it the parades because there's so many from two thousand three onwards. But uh, one of the first twelfths in Scotland we done with that uniform, people just turned around, clapping us, going, "Holy, you know." Well, fair play them. You know, after what they've been through and where they're going, and we were big then as well. I think we're 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 gaining that kind of size now again. So uh, yeah, there, there's that many you couldn't really put your finger on one. Can you remember much about that first period? Obviously, you know you're obviously proud to get out and stuff. But can you remember anything about it? Were you obviously getting out of step, staying in line? What was what was all that kind of like? Um, and honestly, what I do remember is it was a memorial period for, like I said, for people who were, were murdered or such. And uh, the people, there were there were people in the ranks crying, and it just showed me, you know, the camaraderie and the the fellowship amongst the, these men. That you know, that's how much they cared about each other, regardless the situation. And I was like, you know, you're, you're proud, even though I was only thirteen and I never really fully understood what it was about. But now looking back on, I was like, that for me, that was like comradeship, you know. Yeah, and and I suppose it it, it whenever you're connecting like that and it's going a bit it's a bit deeper than the oh, music uh, yeah. a wee bit deeper just than the music on the meeting up week the week that there's actually a purpose it's behind like a, like a life isn't it? Yeah. yeah yeah and there's a purpose behind why we're right at this particular point in time yeah. and obviously that's something that the bond connects to you know that's part of your your history and, and foundation and so on there so Certainly. you know and, and i think it's important that, that we do that because you know bonds just don't necessarily spring up 
just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sometimes, like, you know, even when I was talking to the guys, now William King, yeah. that comes out yeah. of it. There's a particular historical significance behind some of the bonds that Same have come into existence. Well and et cetera. Exactly. And, uh, you know, even the likes of like, Bally Sillins, the same, yeah. you know, as yeah. well. You know, so there's a, there's a lot of rationale behind why bonds come into, come into existence. So you've already talked a wee bit about some of the, the positives that being in a bond has, you know, kind of brought to your life, you know. So talk me through some of that. Um, uh, the, well, from what I, when I joined the bond, like at a young age of, of 13, you're kind of in between, you know, that childy stage and you, you want, you think you're an adult, but your mommy quickly reminds you that you're not, you know. <laughs> but um, when I went down, you know, you have these grown men talking to you like a man. And if if they think you're doing wrong, no, they'll they'll let you know, and uh, I think that's I started to learn discipline as a young lad, as an adult, like, and that which helped me later on in my life when I went into my latter job, and that you know you have to grow up quickly if you're going to be in amongst these men and do what the you're asked, you know, if you're at a step just because someone's told you to get in step, you know, don't take it to heart, you know, bit of thick skin and be quick in your step and you're back in. And uh, yeah, most definitely, in my opinion, prepared me for a lot of life. In what way has that prepared you for a lot of life? So you're saying that that helped you, but where did you go in a lot of life that this was beneficial? So it, in 2009, I joined uh, the British Army. And, uh, you know, even before that, I was in, uh, with the band I was in, I was in BB and I was in Scouts, etc. So these type of organisations, they all shape you on the way up. But the band more so because when I joined the army, you know, you're expected to... You think you're gonna win? You're gonna be screamed at? You're gonna be told you're this, told you that? Which you are in a certain circumstance, but because you were in that like, kind of adult environment, and you, and I was still even at nineteen, you're still kind of a teenager thinking you're an adult again, and uh, you're going into this you no know, mature, mismature environment where you're told to do things that you may or may not disagree with, but you know you're you're, you're being trained that no take life or whatever because there was a war on at the stage as well, you know, on which we ultimately ended up going through, and I believe that. As a young lad, being kind of nurtured in amongst the bond scene and the bond itself, that 100% prepared me to become a soldier. Okay, so that level of discipline, being able to be communicated with, have a level of respect for yeah, your exactly. elders or people mm-hmm. who were in, in higher level positions than Knowing you. Knowing what a, a chain of command was and how to speak to people. The way you, uh, you spoke to the bond captain or a chairman, it was similar to the way you would talk to people through your work, you know? Yeah, and it's really, one of the things that that kind of reminds me of is I always remember, you know, whenever I was at bond practice, and there was a lot of bond there, obviously all bonds, there's a lot of bond there at bond practice, but whenever it went to the meeting, you know, wow. everybody's communication skills seemed to change and it was no longer you were giving calling somebody better nick and it was mr chairman people were putting their hands up to speak you're taking a vote on things and stuff and i was like kind of going what on earth is going on here because everything just kind of changed and it's like if people on the outside looking in would think oh look at those bunch of hellions and then these you've seen people together i mean it was a completely different setup yeah. you know yeah, so it's it, it definitely is so how much did has music played a part in your your army life? Um, well, first and foremost, uh, I knew I knew how to play the flute, and I was actually a very good standard before I joined uh, the army. Um, I didn't join the band within my regiment until after my first deployment to Afghanistan, and I came back two thousand. I think I joined the band two thousand twelve. Uh, done a wee stint within the band. I was able to play the music, so I could have went on and done uh, what was required. But then I went and done. Uh, 
it's a course, a six month course where you learn to play, learn to play the flute, learn to read music, the bugle, etc. So you can complete your duties within your regiment, respect of what it is. And uh, I flew through it. I went up there and sat and done nothing. Because I knew, I, I learned the F flute, and I learned the bugle. I got the bugle in about two or three weeks. So, you know, I went up there and I was teaching the teacher stuff, which was quite good. And, and it was that mutual respect. You know, you never took the hand out of them. You just showed them things that, and they showed you what things here and there. So, did you learn to read music as part of the, the army, or were you already reading before you went? No, um, before I went, it was the alpha, alphabetical scales as such. And then when I went, it was uh, all quavers, semi quavers, semi double quavers. I couldn't, I would have to write the letters above it now, like, but I couldn't just read out bring out a sheet of music, and I know some people detest that, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, I learned how to do it as well, as with the, the bugle music as well, and it was uh, it was great, but uh, skill fear, don't, I wouldn't be able to do it now, I know. It, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I suppose if you, you spent the time on it, it would, it would come flying oh, uh, back, yeah. like, you know, it's, it, it's in there, but I suppose it's for a specific point in time of your life, it was like, it was a necessary yeah. kind of skill for you to have and how much of that do you think now has an impact on what you do with the band currently does has that influenced what you do in any way in terms of obviously as band captain you've got certain responsibilities and stuff are you involved in any development of the new tunes and things like that or how has that kind of helped you with that so from from learners right the whole way through to development tunes there's ways that certain gentlemen taught me within my own regiment like it's like the small steps approach on which are for one scale to the other, easy tune, maybe a mediocre tune on the harder tune, and a lot of patience, a hell of a lot of patience, especially someone coming in off the street who's never, especially an adult who's never touched a flute before, and they're like, gee whiz. But um, as in developed known tunes, sometimes it, like, it's kind of an open forum sometimes in our band. Some guys would bring some tunes which sound amazing, but then they would just suit the playing ability compared to the way the bomb plays as well. Some guys bring changes like take it back. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And there's some but there's so much innovation going on oh, with bonds, yeah. you know, in terms of how they, you know, um do new things, you know, and I suppose for me, there's a bond that that's not that far away from our use guys are based. I mean that that, that I'm I really love at the minute, which mm-hmm. is, is obviously is Roth Cool, Protestant yeah. Boys they're doing some amazing stuff with their <laughs> yeah. tunes at the moment and I have to say that last CD of theirs that they put out is an absolute there's no, there's no absolute barriers cracker. there's no limits which, you know, and that's dedication and fair play to them and I hope it lasts for as long as they last you know yeah no they're good they're tight with outfit and stuff you know so um, okay so talk to me a bit about you know how you you manage kind of life now in regards to obviously army bond how mm-hmm. does that all pan out for you it's as simple if you're here for the bond you're here and if you're away you know you have that alternative command as such where guys come in and do if I'm away the base bond captain will take such and then he may maybe have like a 3AC as such where he'll be maybe be a senior fruiter or uh, yeah be the, they, they're only take control of the fruit core you see and then the, the two lead tips they're never away so they're always out there civilians so they'll always be there so it's just a, it's just a a, play, uh, a case of like even guys in charge who have something similar to, to me, and those guys who have that thing similar to me are either ex-servant or servant. Yeah, so it, you've you've plans in place to make sure that you kind of continue Always, yeah. on with uh, the approach that you just want to be taking and stuff. And how do you keep 
your cells sorted in regards to one the style that you are are used to because obviously you can hear loads of things around you and you, know, you can sometimes give voices in the bond and go well listen we want to do this and we want to do that how do you just keep things level in regards to your style because i know you've just done uniforms as well there yeah. recently and stuff so who's who's in control of making sure that there's listen this is this is what clarfron's all about well overall we've got the boss the chairman He's been in the bond from day dot, you know, and he's a, he's a man I've learned a lot of, just as a human being, I was a man, um, massive respect. He has the overall say, but he's that, he's that way, you know, we'll respect what he says, and if he says no, he says no. But um, if, he, if he believes the majority of the bond are going in the right direction and will benefit what we're, what we're bringing to the table and a lot of value to what we're doing, you know, he fully support it. Cool. It's it's good to have that someone who has an overall kind of mm. vision and stuff. And I remember even that there in the when I was in the Balmacar defenders and uh, the charm on there had a lot of swag. It was Jake, big Jake Lee, mm. and you know he, he always had he had a cost and vote. You know, so he let the bond kind of discuss. Not that asserted the point, and then it would have been a case of well, listen, if it was hung, it was like right. Jake will make the call here. I'll do this. And uh, you just had to go along with it, regardless of whether you were happy with the decision yeah. or, or not. Like, you know, but but that's bonds, isn't it? Bonds are. You have to put your faith in the wise owl. Wise owl, the wise owl. That's it. There's people out there that have been in this a lot longer than, than, than we but have, I suppose. Again, you know? at the end of the day, uh, the bond's been going for 50, nearly 50 years and he's been there from day dot. So yeah. he's doing something right. Okay. So talk to me a bit about that as well. And so you are, what, 50 years old when? Uh, 23. Okay, so 2023. And you've been in the bond for... 2003. Okay, so... Now I've been nearly hitting 20 years. Considerable here. amount of time with it, but what that's run when that comes into play for you. Um, how would you assess the bond from whenever you joined to now? Tenfold. I, like, like, see many bonds. Many bonds, they go up and down and up and down and... I, to me, there's never really a top level you can reach. You can always progress, and if it, even if you do think you're at the uh, the top level, sustainability is I think is the hardest thing. Some bonds do do it, and you know there's prime examples out there. But we, like I said, when we changed in 2004, 2005, got that black tunics. We I thought we were coming up to being well, leading up to being one of the best bonds in the country, and then sadly guys left, and we kind of went down and diminished, and we kind of went back up again and back down. And in my opinion, I I think we're Back on the incline, um, the credit or sorry, the gratitude that I have to give the people for the credit they give us the law over the last week was it's so humbling, you know, because there's been times where I felt like I want to just jump off a cave hell of times, you know. And I'm sure many bond captains and chairmans have done it at the same time, but um, it, when people may pass those comments after you putting all the hours in and the sweat and the arguments and the the decisions, the stuff that's lost to indecision, you know, it's very it's great that people just say, you know, well done, and you're like happy days. How has the bond handled the whole COVID thing? What's that been like for you? So, so at the start, everyone was, I suppose like most bonds, was in and out. And then as soon as the uh, restrictions got thicker and practice had to stop, we had to stop legally because uh, we didn't want, you know, there'd been a, the place where we uh, practice, we didn't want that lost. Um, so we just uh, went with everyone else, basically. And then what kind of ways did you just utilize to kind of keep in touch with you? So you obviously do yes. the WhatsApp groups and all that kind of stuff. Did yeah. you just do anything in terms of online practicing or anything or give that a go? What, what I done, what, well, what we tried to do was we'll have a note, a notepad up, and someone just had the phone, 
where you can see the notes and then like a play along as such. And it was just like, gentlemen, this is what we intend to play once we get back. And I think there was maybe only two or three that we actually were able to maintain. But I, but I think that shows the importance of you no know, face-to-face or sit-down practice. Because some people, like we have like a senior guys in the band who sometimes don't know how to use social media or a phone. We have a guy who doesn't even have WhatsApp on his phone. <laughs> I I know I know the score. It, it, it's difficult, you know, at you times. You have to find like a, a mediocre. And I think, you know, the best thing is it's a, a sit down practice. You know, it always has been, always will Yeah, be. no, I, I think I, that is the case. I know I would talk to a lot of bonds and they were looking to try and find ways of using online approaches. And obviously, Zoom works to a certain degree, but then yeah. you have obviously there's, you know, there's. You know, lag in regards to. I have a few few bluffers in my van that would <laughs> probably just put a picture of them up playing the flute, you know. Brilliant, you know. But it was it was one of those things where everyone was looking at ways of how do we keep how do we keep this thing going? How do we do this? And I know there was some people were doing their their learners class was being done one on one, you know, and that was really good, you know. So they were sitting either doing a uh, a messenger video call mm-hmm. and stuff, or and uh, working through that. Or what they did was they were sitting with headphones on, and there was like a just one person playing that they could hear and yeah. everybody else playing along and stuff. It's amazing just even in the midst of that, the, the desire to keep things going. Crack on. You know, was... Keep calm and carry yeah, on. Exactly, as as, yeah. exactly. But even just that, how do we do this? Yeah. And at four, but one of the things that I, I really come out up for me as well was, um, Billy, was that maybe we'd taken a wee bit of the scene for granted, you know, that it was it's just been there. And COVID's kind of made us kind of think, you know, well, well, there's maybe things we need to change here in regards to making sure that we can continue on because yeah. this might not be the last time this happens, mm-hmm. you know. So it's great that there's there's stuff there. But we were still able to pull uh, a uniform out of it. You know, we, we uh, got basically measured at the start of it and it was just a case of if one guy goes to shop, pays or gets measured or whatever or, you know, internet transactions, etc. So... Like through that, we were able to pull, in my opinion, which is probably one of our best uniforms we've had in years off it. And then coming, I think, experience showed it playing way. So I think we're luckily, luckily to have the bond that we did, or the, gen- or the guys that we did, and in place, the people in place that we did. Or I don't think we would have had the success that we did over the last few weeks. Talk to me a wee bit about that whole process of coming up with new uniforms because that's one of the things that until I was a certain age that I had absolutely no knowledge of whatsoever and then having went through a period where myself and another person in a bond I was in were responsible for the development of a new uniform. It was like kind of going, I'm never doing that again. Oh. Um, but uh, you know, people see bonds arriving at new uniforms reasonably regularly. What is that whole process like? <laughs> That's, that's a good question because I see the, the ideas that were coming like, what we're fulfilling when you watching Zulu sometimes you're like what were you doing like, some people are like great come on um, but then, then again this is, this is how we work I actually brought an idea down and it was voted against so I kind of went out of, the, out of the committee with my, my tail between my legs but I, I had to accept, accept that I think it was due to price mate, and maybe uh, again sustainability of how we're going to keep it but they kind of met that with an ultimatum in the middle which is how, how we look now. What we were trying to aim for was uh, a dress called Number One Dress. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. It's, it's like a, a full navy, full navy, uh, navy tunics. Uh, it's like a dark navy. I think it's actually called a brigade navy. And so I was trying to get the tunic, but we ended up with a shirt. So, but again, it was something that we all had to decide yes or no on. And if, it, if, if it's what you didn't want, you just had to say, well, let's try and meet in the middle, which we did. 
So where does that start? And in terms of, you know, you've got, you've had your uniform for X amount of years, potentially. Is there a general kind of consensus in the bond saying, listen, it's about time we thought about someone new? Or is there someone just at a meeting says, listen, I think it's about time we got a new uniform? Mm -hmm. And then there's a process that takes place after that? No, no, you're right. Um, Our music has been changing. Our pace has been changing. We're just, we were always like a a black and grey type bond. And it says, right, we're coming to the 50th anniversary here. Let's just, let's just, let's just put, the, put the mixer on and change things. And let's, have, let's turn people's necks, you know, see what, who we are and what we're doing now. And it's, it's slowly starting to work. And in my opinion, it's slowly starting to work. And uh, we just said, let's get away from the, the doom and gloom grey. Let's, let's just go something different, something smart. And we said, well, let's, let's go Navy. Let's just try and bring a bit of military and a bit of panache and style back into it again. Which is where we got the, the Navy idea. And then compromise with the shirts. I must have a look at the videos from the, the last time we was there because I was like going, there's a cloth wearing black. I but I must, I must, it, it must be a really, really dark navy. It is. I think it's called the Brigade. It's like probably the closest thing between black and navy, to be fair. Yeah. So, obviously, you just had an outing with the, the new uniform. What was it like to be back in the street? I'm sure it was brilliant. Um, especially locally. Uh, it's... it's Hard to describe. I wish the weather had, weather had been better. But um, I thought we would have been rusty than what we were. But we weren't. I thought the fruits played brilliant. I thought the drumming was brilliant. The pace was brilliant. Uh, the discipline of marching was brilliant. Which is something I, we all take personal, personal pride in. And it was just great to be back. I know. I think for most people it was great to, you know, to see Axel Bonds out on the, the street. No? What kind of risk do you feel he's, t- he's took by being out on the street? You know, Because obviously there's some... There's still some concern out there about, you know, should we be out walking and stuff like that. But what, did you feel like you were taking a risk? Well, if it's good enough for, for Michelle O'Neill, it's good enough for us. Yeah, well, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, and it, it's kind of, you know, it's frustrating whenever you, you, you can see things maybe being flaunted in front of you and mm. going, well, listen, what's the story here? Yeah. You know, and there was a number of bonds out that day too, wasn't there? Was there two or three of you? There was four. Right, okay. There was four bonds, four different routes. Uh, four different times, just not consecutively, but yeah, uh, it was us, um, Flood Boyd, Rothkull, uh, Sons of Kai, and Prairie Hill. All right, okay, so Sons of Kai, right? Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. I thought they, I thought they had disappeared for a bit. Uh, as they always say, they haven't gone away. You know, that's <laughs> a be a slogan of theirs. But, a- and you know, fair play to him. Like, you know, I think they've had their 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 chances up and down. And uh, again, it's important that, that they've cracked on. Did they, I, did they end up become the, the... Were they the Billy Boys for a bit, or is that a different unit? Billy Boys is a different a different entity. Uh, they weren't out on Saturday. Uh, but the, sun, the Sons of Kai, like I say, they've been, they went up and down, or they've been on the brink, but the, they've done well, and they've hung, in, they've hung in there. No, it was good to see, and I know from having, you know, talking with a lot of guys on the, the Ulster Bonds forum and all that kind of thing, and it was some of the guys here out there who have their, their YouTube channels and everything were happy to see some... Bonds on the street again, some and be sort able of to, yeah, and, such. and get and get out there and, and capture some new footage and stuff, you know, because everybody's kind of looking at uh-huh. the last time we've taken any footage here is like twenty nineteen, you know, and uh, it's about time we had something else. And I seen one of the guys, uh, Roy, I think he had his his drone 
going out and stuff, you know, and he was yeah. he was working There's quite away. a lot of guys out with yeah. like different forms of, of media. Yeah, because I seen Lee, I, I seen Lisa, you know, from you know Ulster Scottish yeah. Bonds and stuff out, and I think her her other half was out, and, and I seen Roy, and I think I seen Neil Glass out and about as well, mm-hmm. doing stuff as well. So absolutely fantastic that we're that we're getting somewhat back to normal, and hopefully. We're heading towards a potential yeah. of a twelve. That would be so. spot on, wouldn't it? You know, um, I've, I have to say, like I've I've missed walking away, uh, completely. You know, it's been an absolute nightmare in terms of not being out. You're, you're right. It's like there's not like I don't think or anything. Is getting up early in the morning, whether it be a beer or a sausage bop, you have you know just that feeling of uh, whether it be nostalgia, excitement, like here we go again. You know. And then getting going to wherever you're going and meeting up with everybody, going to the Lodge Masters and then making your way to the you know, the empty trades. It's hot as a bonds man, it's a pinnacle of most. I know. I have to say, for me, I'm really keen to get out because I had it nice. I'd taken a wee bit of a break. I'd I've been with a, a particular bond and took some time out. You know, because mm-hmm. I'd been their conductor for five, six years or so, and I uh, was like totally had like almost like burned myself out in terms of putting stuff up and a lot of effort going on to stuff. For me, it's now going on three, it's three years now since I've done a 12th. I'm absolutely busting to get out on a 12th now. Not too keen about doing the 12 mile, but um, yeah. nice to be out anyway. Um, so talk to me a wee bit about the work that your bomb maybe does in the community, if it does work in the community. No, certainly do. Um, our chairman, uh, he has led the way through charity or charitable work. Um, if you go to our social club, there's a particular wall where it's, it's wall-to-wall of checks for things like Friends of Cancer, uh, Ross Tullis School, uh, Pips, you know, um, and that, that the, what, the way he's done that, it's washed, what's washed off on the other people. Um, particularly, I mean, the suicide rate in Newton Abbey and North Belfast alone, it's, it's, it's mental. Uh, so recently, two two of our guys organised a football tournament, which we had us, Gertrude, Pride Lake Valley, and I forget the fourth team. But we ended up, I think it was left in like, I think we ended up nearly like £4,000 for just a football tournament. Yeah. Um, And after that, the, the same two guys, Dee Jamson and Jim McGreevy, my sister took ill, where she was she was going to die, and she needed a life-saving treatment, and I never asked the bond for anything. And these two guys put their hair together and put on a fantastic night, and... You know the 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 awareness the the the, the disease got for for a start got the attention of from the likes of the ex prime minister Gordon Brown he was he actually donated you know wow and random people were donating like thousands of pounds and anonymous people and I I was I was down to the due to the the exposure that these two guys have get you know and luckily you no know, she pulled through thankfully after getting the treatment. Brilliant, and that's something else that I know that you know we've talked a lot about. You know the bonds kind of charitable work. You know uh, right it's across amazing. the scene, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it was only recently that I I done. I was talking to someone, and they were saying about a report that had been written a few years back, and like they reckon that every year bonds contribute somewhere in the region of two million pounds towards charitable causes every single year. Think of what bonds could do with, or you know, but it's amazing, you know, and it's something that. I think outside it, Anthony should rely, like not rely on, but lean on. You know, ask, you know, ask the bonds for help because I think there's bonds. We do anything for anyone, well, locally or abroad. You know, the charities don't have divides. You know, so if it's someone ill or someone in need, it's there to be used. Yeah, and then you're on the, the obviously first hand experience of that. Oh, you know, from you yeah. know a personal you know experience of someone in my family's ill, and you didn't even have to say anything. No, I didn't even ask. 
you know, and, and it here was, it was done. Here they were, yeah. people were organizing stuff, and all of a sudden, there's an absolute massive amount of funds being raised, awareness being raised, yeah. and everything. And I think that that is one of I think for me, whenever I think of bonds, that's one of the most positive things. Yeah, about the bond scene is that they are so willing to get involved and do things they got and go out of their way to do anything, whether it's even if it's sponsored walks you you name it they're they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're doing stuff and i even one of, one of the best stories i'd heard a few years ago was i think was in relation it was one of the things in, in it was in scotland and i think it was the county raised money for um a young a young guy with, with a learning disability um who was a celtic fan right to go to the special olympics now, this is quite a few years back mm-hmm. but i say going there, if ever there was a paradox yep. or ever anything that was going to challenge people's perceptions of what bonds actually are, That's that it. is a cracking example mm-hmm. of it. It's a, a young Celtic supporter. And I have to say, I think there's a photograph somewhere knocking about online of the county. I think I've seen it. In Sat uniform. In yeah. 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 And the wee lads are in a Celtic. I was like, oh, that is just... I think it was, was it at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. I think you might be right there. Yeah. It was, I know it was something to do yeah. with that type of, you know, it was, yeah. you know, Special Olympics or something along those, those lines. But it just, I think for me, it really does challenge people's perceptions of what bonds yeah, actually they're not are. Just, they're not just highlands in the street with bottles of whatever. I know, and, right. I, and that's it. And we, we talk about, you know, oh, those, those, there's those bonds, they're right, they're up to no good, people all they want to do is they're bringing drinking out onto the street and all that kind of going. But I know for me, if, if I'm even anywhere in the vicinity of Drunk on Parade, my bond captain's going, hey, you're not walking. Uh. You're, you're done like you know, I wish I could do that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you have to make, you know, if he goes, they will have enough footers. But yeah, but back then, you know, we had some hollands, but now, you know, people are like, right, I'm on parade here, just a couple, and then, you know, maybe after we'll enjoy ourselves. Yeah, and then that, but that's something else that has changed in terms of the decorum of bonds. I think, yeah. I think that's definitely something that's, you know, completely um, been revolutionized in terms of how bonds present themselves from the uniform to the yeah. marching, the discipline, everything's kind of progressed, especially in the last 20, 30 years, bonds have went, you know, the, all that type of thing, style and everything has, has went through the roof for me yeah. in terms of that. Now, I think there's some bonds maybe take it to an absolute extreme, yeah. um, but at the same time, that's the way they operate and, you know, the fine line between you know, trying to make it enjoyable for everyone or, you know, Shut up until until I blow the final whistle as such. Uh-huh. But you, you know, and if that's your cup of tea, it's your cup of tea. Sometimes people may think I'm Hitler within the ring, <laughs> but it, you know, it's just again, you just think it's for the benefit of the band. So how do you make those calls on the road? Then I mean, obviously you've got stuff around numbers, but if there's, how do you maintain discipline on the road with a band? With a loud voice and a sharp stick. <laughs> okay. Right. No, no, there is. It's just sometimes it's just the case of man. Right, come on, mate. It's, it's me. It's me. You're letting down here. You know, give them the oil. It's not, it's not, it's not them you're letting down. It's me, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it works sometimes, though. Sometimes it doesn't. But if it doesn't, you just have to have a quiet word. Say, look, it's not your night tonight. Why you on or whatever? Yeah, and people are receptive to that, aren't they? Though some are, some aren't. It's you just have to, either you're going to feel bad yourself, or he's going to feel bad. But if it doesn't add value to the bond, you know, it has yeah. to be made. I know it is. It's one of those things. I think you know. For me, sometimes you do. You you walk a fine line between listen. This is supposed to be a hobby. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, exactly. something that you know that. 
we're good at. But at the same time, there's also something about for me. Why should you ruin the hard work we've put in on the way yeah. out? Yeah. And there's a, if we've developed an, a reputation, uh, yeah. you know, in terms of you know that there's a quality associated with us that we really don't want to do anything that kind of takes away from that. If we if we can, yeah. people make mistakes. I mean, that's no, you know, right. and, and here I've done it as well. You know, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I uh, remember running out of the ranks to go for a toilet. And I jumped in between the hole in the bush. This is in Scotland, but in Scotland they have wires between the bush, you know, to let them grow. And I hit the hit the wire and tumbled and ripped my uniform in front of everyone. The bomb cat was like, "You can't, you can't touch it. You can't walk." I'm like, no, nightmare, absolute nightmare. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. I broke my leg as well. <laughs> I didn't have to pay for a replacement uniform on top no. of it. Yeah, joys off. The no. joys off. So, if you were going to help someone understand what the bond scene was actually all about, what would you share with them? I would say, um, you know, to learn from it, you have to, to get in the middle of it. You know, with two feet, don't be going in with one foot or tiptoeing in. You know, uh, just if you, if they want to come in and join a bond, you know, be prepared to be dedicated. Don't be uh, doing things half measures. Be well, come in with a, you know, a, a good uh, attitude to learn and share as such. And but most importantly, like we spoke about, is you have to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, what's the point in doing any type of hobby? Yeah, no, definitely. If you're if you are going to get involved with the bond, then you know that it, there. I think it's your right in pointing out. You need to be aware that there is a, a level of commitment expected to that. Mm. It's not just one of these things, you know, yeah. turn up and uh, every once in a while. Because if your bond's down on numbers or you need, you know, people there, it's it's imperative that you've got people that are, you know full on involved yeah. in it you know so obviously you guys are approaching 50 years where do you see the future of the bond hopefully uh, maybe not my time but maybe our son's time our, our young conqueror's time and maybe our 100th anniversary you know, it's a 100 year plan well in my eyes but um, we've came 50 years this far so it'll be unless it becomes illegal to walk the streets you know why should we not seek, seek it for 100 years any dreams or aspirations that you have for the bond? Obviously, you know you're you're seeing yourselves progress and that kind of thing. Is there anything that you know that you're saying this and this will be high up on my agenda? I want to see uh, this. Uh, I think um, everyone's pilgrimage to France or Belgium that would be one of. I would retire happy at a ready age if we had achieved that. Um, I would also love to do the Lord Carson Parade in London, uh, which I, local bonds where we're from have done and. But there will be those will be my two main ones, uh, France, and then second to that will be London. Okay, and and just obviously, I know for me, just I don't know why you're picking up, but just for sharing with other people, why France? It's like it's like a pilgrimage of well, to me, every Ulsterman should maybe have a pilgrimage too. You know where our forefathers fought, bled, sweat, and died, and uh, you know there are a lot of people. A lot of servant veteran servant members, uh, veterans, ex members who have had their forefathers who fought in places like France and Belgium, and I think it's um, it's for a life perspective as well. People will, will learn, you know, what, what sacrifice was back from back then. So, some of these men were bondsmen too, you know. They weren't, they weren't just guys. Well, some of them were, but some yeah. of them were bondsmen too, as well as oinsmen and apprentice boys as such. And I think that goes back to what we were talking a wee bit about earlier on about there being a reason for bond's existence mm-hmm. and one of the things that for me that's really become really important over the last while has been this connection to your the history oh, wow. and understanding 
where you've you've come from and i think it was david david Irving talked about you know that you know if we don't understand where we're coming from we'll make the same mistakes yeah. in, the, in the future and so on but i think that there's definitely something there about helping young people get educated about their history yeah know where they come from and the reason why we're walking the streets is connected yeah. to this it's about it's not just about the 12th of july there's a lot more going on yeah that, that meets the eye here yes it's about commemorating that bottle of the boy but there's so many other things yeah. that are really really important to us and if we don't know about that then we'll lose this tradition yeah. and that's where that 50 year 100 year thing comes into jeopardy because if you if you can't connect with this why why it exists then and it doesn't feel. matter it doesn't yeah. matter in the future you know so i think that, that that it's great and one of the things i'd love to see bonds do more is is engage more in that historical yeah you know let, let's let's teach our bond about this yeah. stuff you know let's engage with things that helps us understand um these with, with covid now slowly not slowly diminishing but things changing you might have those opportunities again for workshops trips uh or even you know, going to france itself yeah, no, definitely, and I think that that'll be be good to, to get back into that. And I think that there's ways that we can even be doing that without the actual physical trips as well. I'm sure there's oh, yeah. ways and means that we could be be, be doing that and, and sharing that that history with people. So you have an open platform here, mate. Obviously, you're you know, I'm not going to say you're not looking for members, but all bonds are looking for members. Yeah. Plug away. Well, our books, like I said, uh, we actually had a post on today. Our, our books never close. Um, we endeavour to look after those who come in with an open attitude, uh, willing to learn, and know who who want to be bondsmen, not just not just conquerors as such. Uh, we practice uh, learners class at seven pm sharp, and then we have a food practice at half seven, where we'll close with the national anthem at nine o'clock on the button, and I'll do it. No worries. And what night do you practice on? Monday night, East West Social Club at the Diamond Rathcool. There you go, folks. If you're looking for a bond to join and you're in that area, then by all means, check out Clawfern, and I'm sure you will definitely receive a warm welcome up there and uh, get a good grounding in an instrument and everything. So, Billy Smith, thanks very much for coming in to, to speak this and sharing your made the parade story. I really appreciate you Thank taking you the time much. out. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you go, folks. I hope you enjoyed that um, episode there. Great conversation with Billy about his time in the bonds. And you can really get a sense of his uh, passion for the bond just in, in, in his tone of voice. And I know having sat down in a room with him, you know, the, the guy absolutely loves the bonds, loves the bond that he's in, and loves the whole scene and everything. So, uh, again, thank you very much to, to Billy from Clawfarn Young Congress there for being on the podcast. Coming up on next week's episode, we'll feature an American fife and drum band. And you'll know I love an American fife and drum band. And next week, we're going to feature a number of members from the Connecticut Valley Field Music Fife and Drum Corps. And uh, we had a conversation quite some time ago now, but absolutely fantastic um, interaction with those guys. Felt like I'd known them for absolutely years and it uh, was just so, so good. And uh, I know that recently I just got a, a signed CD from them and everything. And I, I can't wait to share the, the conversation with those guys. They are absolutely brilliant and they are 
Boston, I got to get over here and uh, do some parades over here. So hopefully, fingers crossed, at some point in the not too distant future, we'll be able to get some of those bands over there. I'd love to see Connecticut Valley um, playing over here, and um, I'd love to get out um, to a muster in, in America as well to, to kind of see them as well. So that's who's coming up next week. Make sure you check that out. Also coming up, we're going to have a very special episode that was recorded today, and uh, that was a cultural busking session that took place on the Shanka Road just before the White Rock Parade, and we had an accordionist on, we had a paper, um, we had a couple of singers with a percussionist and stuff on, and we had some Lombard drummers out with us, and uh, we did some interviews with those guys for the podcast, which will probably be one of the first video podcasts that we do as well so make sure you check that out whenever it comes out i'll keep you up to date with how that's that's going one other thing that i'm going to just share instead of having a band plays out in this one i'm going to use a project that i was involved in um called marching metal and we're going to use that tune to the players out there and the marching metal thing was uh, a partnership with um beyond skin that I took part in and helped come up with the arrangement of the, the tune that we played there. Um, alongside a number of other musicians, we were joined by Gordon Ramsay from the, the Shanker Road Defenders, um, Davy Bates, who used to be in a band called Sweet Savage, which was a band that Vivian Campbell was in before he got his start in White Snake and then went on to Def Leppard. And then we were joined by a Polish guitarist, Casper, who done an absolutely amazing job adding guitar and bass and over the top of uh, the Star of County Down and uh, Carson's Army. Um, so I'm going to end. That, the show with that the response to that has been absolutely amazing the YouTube video I think has had a couple of thousand views and on Facebook it, it, it's blown up as well and with thousands upon thousands of views there and it's just something a bit different to show you know that you know bands men and women are musicians first and foremost and that we can blend in with absolutely any musical style and this is just a perfect example of that so just want to give a shout out to Darren Ferguson for you know coming up with the whole idea of marching metal and uh, then bringing us on board to come up with something and just letting us loose in the studio to come up with this particular tune so that's how we're going to end the episode so until the next time look after yourselves take it easy and here's marching metal the players out you have been listening to the made to parade podcast sponsored by the british drum company where Phantom, Regimental Series and Axial Parade Drums are hand-built in the UK to look amazing, sound amazing and feel amazing. 